This week, we got another episode of The Balance. We're talking about what makes all these crazy things we talk about work. SpaceX, NASA, all this space flight is possible because of human beings. We're going to talk about the balance of that and working in engineering and technology. And we'll break down what makes someone an asshole at work in STEM. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome to Today in Space. I am your space science podcast host from the East Coast, Alex Girofanos, and this is episode 274 of Today in Space. Thank you for joining us. We have, on this episode, we want to discuss something called the balance, and, and the balance is, you know, it talks about humanity, which I think we can all agree with everything that's going on in the news right now. Humanity is being lost, so there were some things that happened even uh, more recently than the impacts that happened in the courts in the U.S., but even before that, we were starting to see the the economy struggle before uh, the crash. We were starting to see that, you know, we've had two years of extreme things happening in all aspects of life with a pandemic and everything that happened uh, since 2020. And we're at this point now where the, the economy hasn't really recovered and people are struggling. People are, you know, the people that still have jobs and are still working and are probably going to see cuts um, in their company uh, in the coming weeks. There's there's a lot that's going on and people that work in STEM, uh, specifically engineering and technology, which is where we're going to take this episode, there's a really important discussion that needs to happen, uh, and I, I want to start that discussion, and I want to hear from you, especially those that are working in engineering and tech. There is this balance that you have to have working in tech, and I think anyone that it works in engineering or technology understands that, and especially now where the uh, a lot of places have probably lost folks uh, on their teams, so now there's even more on their plate, and the demands for success, for progress in technology, uh, is demanding. And it, it, in one way, it's very much on all the people working in STEM, the people on the ground fighting that intellectual battle or 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 physics battle to get something to work right. You, we all need to do our best to to dial in and make sure that we can do work and not be completely consumed or overrun by it. It's very stressful as as a profession in general. Uh, I think the same can be said about healthcare right now and all of its different fashion, taking care of human beings. And there is this level of technological challenge that gets over uh, understated, I'm sorry, about how much of Solving the technology problem is actually solving the people problem first so that the teams can work together so that so that you're not just relying on the smartest person in the room to make it work. You're all joining in together to solve this at the same time. And, and we're at this strange point uh, in, in, a, in our lives where we've had all this modernization, all this technology, and now we're starting to see that all the supply chain issues, all of the demands of the economy going uh, dropping, and especially in technology, it, it's a risky investment to make right now, right? So, at least that's the general idea. So, it's very stressful, and I'm sure there are plenty of people, I know there's a lot of people who are in that field right now uh, for the podcast. The The big comparison here is obviously SpaceX, and a lot of where this episode came from was the release of that internal letter that went around SpaceX, uh, asking for 
Oh, there was there was a lot of things. There was a letter by employees that was sent around to a lot of different employees uh, about challenging Elon Musk and the entirety of SpaceX as an organization to hold to their to what they say is their policy, no asshole policy, um, define it. And in in one way, they were trying. Actually, the first thing that was listed in that letter, which I'm going to put as an article that you can you can read all of this and. You can look into it, but there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot. So uh, what I didn't want to do is come on here and go through the entire track record because I literally uh, tried to dive into that story and really understand it from the outside, right? The only people that really understand that are the SpaceX employees and the people inside the business, right? They're the only ones that really know what's going on. Obviously, Elon purchasing Twitter. We talked about this. I wasn't the biggest fan of that for the purpose of progressing humanity to be interplanetary, I felt like that was something that was going to distract. And clearly, internally, it did cause a distraction. We take a break from my long-winded rant about <laughs> all things space to talk about what brings this podcast to you every single week, what helps us uh, beam the podcast through the interwebs and into the universe. It's AG. 3D printing, our 3D printing lab, where we literally have 3D printers in my basement. It, we print stuff for people, whether it's through our Etsy store at eg3d.etsy.com, or for people getting free quotes for their projects at our website, eg3d-printing.com. And maybe it's just they saw what we're doing on Instagram at AG3D Printing and they saw something cool and they're like, hey, can you 3D print me this? Or can you 3D print me that thing you did last week uh, on the story? We're here to help do that and all the profits go to funding this podcast and funding trips to places like Boca Chica, Texas to Starbase so we can go see uh, Starship launch for the first time or just to see them being built. I mean, that's gonna. I've been thinking about that a lot. It's going to blow my mind. And there's a lot of folks down there from NASA Social that I want to meet. So obviously we got to get down there and supporting us through AG3D Printing helps us do that. And also we want to go to Florida this summer for the Space Launch System Artemis 1 launch to see NASA's first rocket in a really long time uh, and and full human-rated system that can go to the moon. We want to see that. We want to see that in person. They just finished the wet dress rehearsal. We got to get down there. And so what you can do to help is, first of all, follow us on EG3D Printing. You can see what we're doing. Maybe you have a friend who's looking to do something. Uh, like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be you. If, if you have someone that you think 3D printing might be useful for, what we provide is uh, a, a person, right? Myself, to help guide you through this project to help make it happen. And honestly, I'm busy. So <laughs> if it's a project that might be too... Uh, too much work for 3D printing, or maybe it's just not the right fit. I also want to help point you in the right direction. So I've got a lot of experience in making and manufacturing. So, you know, if I don't see a way that we can help you, I'll definitely try and point you in the right direction. And we can also help cut through the fear of using 3D printing. You know, there's, it's, it's, it can seem very expensive, and maybe you're not sure what you're really getting out of it. That's what we help out with. We, we are, we've become masters of bringing ideas into reality here at AG3D, and uh, we want to help you do that. Uh, and there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Uh, like I said, follow us at ag3dprinting.com. 
uh, at AG3D Printing on Instagram, going to our website, ag3d-printing.com, for a free quote. You can see all the blog posts we've done, the projects we've done over the years, uh, which I actually looked at them the other day, and I was like, damn, this is pretty good. <laughs> it, was my, it was my digital resume in the early days. And you can see those projects, like the Pokemon chessboard, which was one of my favorites. Um, and then, of course, there's our Etsy shop where we sell our own designs that we make here. A lot of utilitarian stuff, a lot of stuff around the house, stuff that's useful, right? That's what we focus on. We have our, uh, our, phone, our rocket ship phone stand. We have our James Webb Space Telescope coaster. We have a lot of fun stuff there. Uh, and and they're, they're a nice gift for somebody or, or, or a gift for yourself, right? So or any of that stuff that you can do at ag3dprinting.etsy.com. Is a really good way to help support us and get something for yourself too. And of course, subscribe, share the podcast. All of those things helps us out here. But AG3D is the OG. AG3D is literally holding this podcast together. So uh, thank you. Enjoy. So to make a long story short, what I would recommend is if you're brand new to this story about this letter that went out internally at SpaceX, and then the follow up was I think it was the day the day after. Uh, nine of those employees, I believe the number was, that helped draft this and send this letter out actually were fired. And that's going to figure itself out. And there, I, I have no doubt there will be more that will come from that. It was also leading up to, you know, dropping this letter on the, the president's desk, Gene, uh, Gwyn Shotwell's desk. And you know, the argument there was this is distracting from all the work that we have to do. We have these three missions. There was a, the, the weekend before that this letter was released and the article came out uh, exposing it. Uh, there were three launches that had to happen that weekend. They, they had a successful weekend. They were able to turn it around. But I don't think it's just that story is just as clear cut as it's, it's a very complicated story. And I, what I wanted to do was instead of going through... Elon's entire Twitter feed, which I recommend you do if you want some context, going through the history of where did this letter come from, what were they asking for. I, what I would ask for you is if you really, really want to dive into this, look at those things. I, they'll be in this episode. I want you to do your research. This episode is more talking about after going through all that, after spending easily four hours trying to explain to somebody else our our friend of the show, Sarah, I was trying to basically give the whole the whole history, the whole timeline of this so we could really understand it. And there are points to be made on either side. That's part of the complexity of an episode like this of The Balance, right? It's not just white or black. It's not just ones or zeros. It's a mix. It's, it's very complicated. There are many sides. And so instead of getting caught up in the minutia of the details, I, what I wanted to do was strike at what I think the core of the problem is, which is Finding a balance of working in tech. SpaceX is a technology company. It is, it is focused on space technology, but space exploration, like that's exactly what they're doing. And you know, my experience working in tech from the retail side and 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 from selling things um, like smartphones, and then I've moved into 3D printers. I was doing sales for those things and, and the technical side of that. I've now moved towards once you have a product, I help you on the customer side of things. Um, working in technology, whether it's space or 3D printing, again, I have not had the chance to work at a place like a SpaceX or a Blue Origin, but I have worked in 
technology and development and pushing science and engineering and and how we know it today that's a that baked in is a really difficult thing and you if you're not careful you need to if you don't find a balance for yourself the deal that you're making every day in and out it's going to eat you up right you have you have to put yourself in a good spot otherwise the demand of that job and i, I say it's the same as as healthcare is as you know being an emt as as people who are on the front lines of whatever it is that they're doing and they're dealing with people i think you have i think there's something that you can bring to this conversation and kind of the first big question that we're asking is is elon an asshole and and i think we need to break that down into an easier way, you know, because this whole discussion about this letter that went to SpaceX and, and the things that people put up online about Elon is the big question is, is, is he an asshole? And, and I think there are, there's a higher chance of you experiencing assholes if you're in any of these fields where you're pushing, whether it's technology, whether it's engineering, but there is, there's different types, right? So that's where I want to start. So, First, we talked about Elon Musk and Twitter. You know, he's obviously gone political. I thought that was a big mistake. I think that was divisive. And I think that it's no surprise that this pushback has happened. Um, you know, working for Elon, I have always taken that very seriously. And I, it's always been, you know, if anyone who's looked into this, I highly recommend Ashley Vance's book, uh, the biography of Elon Musk. We, we've talked about it here on the podcast before. That book helped me tremendously, tremendously when I first got into technology as, as a, you know, as a field, as a, as a job, as an industry. Like I was in engineering mostly and manufacturing before that. And then I jumped into technology. And I'm really glad that I read that book because it gave me a really good depiction of how difficult and how much work has got into SpaceX being where they are today, uh, Tesla being where they are today, there's, it's fast moving, it's demanding, and you do need to move fast because technology development, you know, the people that develop the fastest win. That's, that's a big, that's a big portion of it. And being the first or the best, uh, that, that comes along is very demanding on the workforce, the human beings that are making that technology happen. So going back to, is Elon an asshole? I think we have to break down what that means working in tech. And I think it comes down to one way of splitting it up, which is whether or not someone is attacking ideas of a person or whether someone is attacking the person. I think that's where it comes down to. And I think that's really important because, you know, technology companies, they are, they are, constantly in the battleground the the arena the coliseum of scientific ideas meeting with business priorities right so you there is this this battle that's happening all the time and that's part of the atmosphere of why it's so stressful and it's not so much that that battle means that you're that you have to be an asshole to the other person what it means is that you we either need to focus on the data or it ends up being focused on the person and engineers and technology folks like those are not the most empathetic people by nature they're not the people that have the best emotional iq they may have extremely high intelligence uh, logical iq or just just intelligence 
right? Like those people may not have the balance of that other thing. And so having a high stress environment and deadlines that need to be made and and technology that needs to be progressed, this makes things highly susceptible towards people being attacked and it becoming an abusive relationship at work. It pushes people and technology. And I thought that on, on Lex Friedman's podcast, he had Tony Fidel, who worked at Apple, who worked with Steve Jobs, who, and he really, he broke down this idea. The timing was perfect, but I thought it was a great idea that it really does come down to the leaders to decide, you know, it's having a culture that allows competition of ideas, but keeps things respectful with people and treats people like people is really important. And I think one of the biggest complaints that people have gotten or have given uh, about Elon Musk and SpaceX and even Tesla is that that place chews through engineers. Uh, And of course, I mean that metaphorically, but you know, it's very, very demanding. And I think there are times where there could be some added room to talk with those engineers and and see whether they're being met uh, as people and then the other challenge is, can that person also deal with the, the technical engineering? Like, we have this plan that we have to reach. We have this goal we have to reach. Are you, are you as the engineer willing to think outside the box and think about something that no one else has ever done or bring the group in on a concept that no one's ever thought of and, and execute it? And that's a very challenging thing to do. And if you don't have the balance of feeling like you're treated like a human being, it's really hard to reach that kind of flow state, that kind of place where you're able to troubleshoot because you've got all that noise now of someone being disrespectful. So I guess before we go on, because I've, I've kind of ranted for a little bit here, what I wanted to do was give an example of that, right? Of, of the two examples of when you're working in technology, you're working in engineering, and again, this applies to a lot of different things. When is someone being an asshole? What kind of asshole are they being, right? Um, To start, the person who is attacking an idea, right? It may sound really similar to this where, you know, someone gives their idea and someone says, you know, I think that approach is going to be much more risky for us. And so I'm looking for an idea that allows us to reach the goals that we need, and doesn't waste time. Now, that that sounds really critical, but it's really important the way that it was said, that it did not actually make the person feel like an ass or, or feel like, like dumb, because that's very, very common in technology and engineering companies uh, and the culture, right? This is, this is not just one company. This is not just SpaceX. This is a culture. Engineering, there's a lot of this. Uh, and in technology, there is too, because of the demands of the business and the different type of people that might be involved in a technology company that may not be in an engineering company, regardless. That's a version of someone attacking ideas. And I think that's healthy. I think as long as both, as long as all parties bring data and they're able to discuss the data that they're, they're giving, whether it's, you know, we had this idea here's the data to back up what it did in real life. Do we think that that idea is still good? That is a healthy, healthy technology, engineering, STEM discussion. And, you know, it does give you a rush. If you can get into that point, 
you know, if you can take your ego out of when you're presenting and, and, and then on the other side, the people that are giving the critique and the feedback are also not making it personal, then you are in a place that has a good balance and a good culture to challenge and innovate and change the world. In the other sense, if you hear someone say, I don't know how you could be that stupid to think that that would be a good idea. Clearly, a very different approach, right? They may be talking about how the idea is that they didn't like it, that they don't like the idea, but it went immediately to making the person feel stupid. It went immediately towards challenging and attacking the human being. And there's no room for that, right? And I think at the crux of the letter, I think that was the thing that the SpaceX employees were talking about as the cultural change in that we have this policy, this no-asshole policy, and we want it to be implemented across the board so that even the people in leadership are also held to the same standard. I think that's a very reasonable thing to ask that specifically. At the same time, I also understand the other side of it that leadership, people in charge, also want to make sure that they push the bounds of technology. And there are deadlines and there are things that need to be met so that the business can meet. And that's the balance of the engineer and the sales side of things, right? And having a business, right? Your science is happening and you're able to continue developing and pushing the bounds because there is money coming in. And there are there is a discussion to be had about we need to meet this deadline. We cannot get distracted. But at the same time, if the culture inside, if the way that people talk to each other gets personal, then the company has very little shot or it's going to be very difficult for the company to really challenge and innovate. So the, the, the point here is that you really do, and I think this is really important, and I, I want to expand on this more if you guys are interested, but first, before we move on, I want to know if any of you have dealt with the same thing, and if, if you have any other nuances or examples of how you can health, uh, very healthily critique data and a thought process and an idea, and how people incorrectly challenge and, and basically make the other person feel inhuman and make them feel dumb, right? Uh, I, I want to know if you have those stories. I'd like to share them here and examples of how how that could be done differently or questions if you are working this and, you're, and you have the, you're, you're, it's very challenging. You're trying to figure a way out. Um, I, I would like to try and share some some kind of advice, but I wanted to close this out with some of the things I thought of. And I, one of the things that really helped me was that that book from Ashley Vance, Elon's biography because it helped me in my head go into it with the expectation that this is a very high turnaround industry, right? Technology. There's a really good chance that I could lose this job, not for anything that I did or didn't do, but because of how challenging it is and the demands of the company. And they may have to cut people just to keep the company alive, right? You know, advancing this stuff, innovating is not, not, not cheap. So that has helped me keep a really good relationship with work I don't it, it's not tied into who I am as a person right so I get to very easily separate my job with any kind of critique that I may misinterpret because that's the other thing as a human being 
we may misinterpret someone being a uh, critical to ideas and then take it personally, right? There's there's that dynamic. That's why it's not just ones and zeros with this. There are there are human beings at play here, and everyone's got a, a little bit different, right? Different needs. So for me, having a good perspective, learning about what it's like before jumping into that uh, is really important. I also had some time working at Apple, so. I worked uh, as a uh, Genius Bar technician and uh, was ripping apart iPhones. That was a really fun job, the people that I worked with. And then eventually I ended up going into 3D printing. Um, so I had like uh, an idea of what the high level of what it, what technology could be while working at Apple and, and, the, and how helping people struggling with that on, on their end, you know, dealing with everyone's phones not working or devices not working and and really being laser focused on getting them the solution and and troubleshooting on the fly uh, with with someone emotional coming in i think that prepared me really well for technology and 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 the demand that 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 comes from especially helping customers like i do with customer support so that's really good but you also have to have like a really good deal with yourself and business and what you're getting out of it i work in technology because I get bored really easily if we're not working on anything. It's part of the reason why there's a lot of places I didn't apply to in aerospace because they just moved so slow. And that's the challenge of the balance between NASA and SpaceX. One moves really fast, one moves really slow. There are different ways of doing it. The really slow thing doesn't really work for me. And so I need to I need to stay stimulated. I need new projects. I, I want, and, and believe me, I am never bored. There's, In fact, there's too much. So... It, it, I actually have to pull back on like my natural need to want to put my hands in like all the pots and work on a bunch of things. I have it actually keeps me focused, um, which has been very very good, and I've learned a lot from that. Um, but like to that point, finding your boundaries of you know making sure that the infinite demands of whatever technology company or engineering company that you're working for, there will always be more things that you could work on. And it's also on you to set the boundary and be like, look, like this is what I'm this is what I'm being paid to do, and this is what I can do. And then working with your boss. Again, human reaction, right? The the you need to be able as a human to talk to your other human who's managing, directing, whatever it might be, to be like, hey, like I'm struggling. I, I need some help. And if you've got a place that can work with you on that and get you back on track and and maybe adjust things so that the whole team doesn't suffer, like those are really, really important things that are part of the balance of working at a place like that. And what my concern is, and really the big reason why we're bringing it up this week, is that for the first time, I am starting to see some of the the culture around SpaceX from the outside. And this could already have happened. This may not be a problem, but from the outside, it looks like this is the first time where the culture of SpaceX is really, really at a place where it could, it could suffer. And then the science and the amazing things that they're doing, right? They've reinvigorated human space flight for America. That is a huge, huge thing. And that is, is a taxing thing that the, that the whole company, the organization has to work around. They're also launching 
Starlink satellites that were also developing Starlink, where they, uh, uh, sorry, Starship, which recently got stacked or is getting stacked right now in Boca Chica, and they're just basically waiting until the, they finish up all the FAA stuff and they're able to get the clearance now that they've gotten the contingencies of what the FAA will allow them to fly based on environmental changes to make sure that they're not impacting it, which is which is good. Um, I don't see any problem with SpaceX putting a rocket on a pad early to kind of force the the procedure to make sure that it's not wasting time. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good part of the balance that they can offer that like a NASA can't really do. Granted, NASA probably has all of their all, all of their uh, environmental stuff taken care of. But all of that aside, I'm concerned about the culture internally because to the same point, if it starts getting ugly and people start, they're working really hard. These people are living their lives around working at SpaceX, right? It's the same as at Blue Origin. A lot of these rocket companies that are pushing the edge, the people that are really making a difference there, and this is everyone that works there, is completely engrossed in this. And I, if that gets affected, that has the biggest impact on the potential future that we have here. A lot of this stuff still hasn't been fixed, right? A lot of the culture that that changed around the time when, you know, America's space capacity, you know, to, to the 2010s, right? When that had dropped, when the shuttle got retired, the culture at, at NASA was very, very restrictive, very scared because they had just, the reason they got rid of the shuttle was because it, it had that history of failure of, of humans being being killed from mistakes right there it became very conservative and very careful in its steps and that culture is also what developed space launch system which is still you know granted it completed its west dress rehearsal um they got down to i think it was 29 seconds which was farther than really a lot of people were hoping and that's great the team did a great job troubleshooting the leak and getting as far as 29 seconds to the point where they transferred to the systems on the rocket until it threw a flag and said we got to stop they were able to unload it they're going to bring it back to the vehicle assembly building they're going to load it up with orion and, and all the flight hardware and get it ready back out to the launch pad second half of august as as far as as we're looking right now it could change but we have these giant giant things happening in space and they're all based around the people and globally we have a a lot of issue with non-humane interactions and, and and humanity not being seen in other people and so much division that's going on that my biggest concern is that if the culture diminishes inside of spacex that's a much harder challenge than getting us to mars and making humans interplanetary so it does come down to people like elon it does come down to the janitor inside of spacex right um it comes down to every single person to help with that culture and to push to the next stage so that there's there's a nice healthy battle going on intellectually to make sure that the science is correct right we if you're involved in any kind of scientific endeavor it is the human beings that keep that standard in check and the most healthy thing that i've ever seen uh in a scientific group in a, an engineering group technology whatever 
is when the group is comfortable speaking up when something doesn't sound right and asks for more info and asks for data on how that conclusion was met because we are all humans and we may be completely convinced that an approach may be the right way. And if we're not open to hearing the other side of the argument and hearing that, it, it, you know, maybe I've got this wrong, maybe there's other data I haven't processed that could introduce this. And with the way the economy is and all the risk that's being involved, that's actually the best thing for a company and the best thing for any technology development. The best thing is to hear where the risks might be and to have that discussion around what is the right thing to do, not are you the right person, right? Like it's, it's a very difficult thing and that's essentially the balance for this week. So a lot of thoughts. I, I hope it wasn't too much uh, randomness <laughs> of just me talking into the abyss. But uh, those are my thoughts this week on like the balance of working in tech and engineering and, and the human challenge of all the stuff that we talk about that, that we, we love sharing about rockets flying and landing and all of that is possible because of the people that do it. So now more than ever, we need to look at are we treating the people well? And if you treat the people well, the science will happen. And if you create a good, a good diverse intellectual culture that allows you to look at as many angles as possible, and then quickly get to a solution, you know, some of the, some of the most incredible solutions that have come up are as simple as someone bringing something up in a meeting that nobody ever thought of. And then it gets picked up and rolled on. And then, oh my God, we've got this amazing thing that helps all of us. So that's it. That's <laughs> Those are my thoughts for this week. I want to know if you've ever experienced this. If you want to share, I'd love to hear your stories. We can share them here on this podcast. I think they're really important. And diving into more of like trying to understand Elon Musk and the people behind SpaceX, we had a really, really interesting opportunity to talk to Jim Cantrell, who was a part of the early SpaceX crew, and he's had his own journey, very unique journey, um, and we're really excited to share that because it also informs us a little bit more about, you know, what what did Elon learn from Jim, and Jim learned from Elon, and how do these people influence each other in these giant science, technology uh, how do the humans play around that? So, so hearing Jim's story, we're gonna we're gonna have that uh, first week of July for you folks. Um, but talking more about the humanity and the people behind it to understand better, so that we can not only understand the people we're talking with, but also understand maybe the mistakes and the things that could be made better from working together as human beings. So thank you for joining us. I appreciate you coming on the podcast this week for another episode of Today in Space. This was The Balance, working in tech. I hope you got something out of it. And I really do want to hear what, what your thoughts are on it and your experience if you if you do work in those in those fields. But until then, spread love, spread science, be good out there, live long and prosper. And we'll see you on the next episode of Today in Space.